We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week 17 game level similarity projections. Which players can you count on and which should worry you in championship week? All that and more on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. Dave, we're here to talk about projections for week 17. We've got injuries, we've got quarterback changes, we've got coaches throwing franchise QBs under the bus for their lack of uh, offensive prowess, and it is crazy, man. Um, I don't think championship week is going to disappoint whatsoever, and uh, I mean, for those lineup setting style leagues, and I mean, I think the best ball situation is just going to be pretty crazy this weekend, too, as uh, all the action comes to a close in the regular season here. Um, let's, Let's just get right into it, man with the quarterback position tonight, uh, anything you're seeing in, in the tools around maybe surprising players in that QB1, QB2 range that that are starter-worthy this week or maybe any of the the new starters like Jared Stidham and company um, that we or, or Teddy Bridgewater even uh, that we would want to consider streaming? Well, the, the first thing I want to say, if I'm Devontae Adams today... <laughs> <laughs> I literally went to, I went to <laughs> Vegas to be with Carr, yep. and now he's uh, benched for Jared freaking Stidham. Yeah, yeah, that uh, is nuts. Not not the outcome that you would like to see. The good news is, Ugh. though, Curtis, that there are some guys that our listeners can turn to if they need. This week, Trevor Lawrence, uh, number two in our average rankings here according to the GSP this week now Trevor Lawrence probably not widely available but if he's on your team you know good for you the names though that are surprising that are showing up Brock Purdy coming in behind Joe Burrow as a QB one this week with an average of 20.3 points 25th percentile of 15 75th percentile of 25 among streaming options this week looks by and large to be the best option. Now, Jared Goff uh, in my article could not get included this week because he is now rostered in more than 50% of ESPN leagues. But even if he were still around, Purdy and Gardner Minshew 
both come in ahead of him. Minshew with 18.6 is a fringe QB one this week. Now, one of the things that I looked at uh, for the GLSP article was just how good Minshew has been in terms of being a fantasy fill-in quarterback for you. Uh, I think he's around on his career and starts 40% of them have been QB one weeks. He's been, you know, pretty good to it producing QB two weeks. So I think that if Minshew plays, which it looks very likely that he's going to, I don't think we see hurts this week and you are in need of a passer. Minshew is probably one of the better options that you're going to see. Another name scoring pretty high this week is Mike White with 17.7 in an average outcome. And then he's followed by guys like Goff and Daniel Jones. So with some shakeups at the quarterback position, this is actually a pretty good week as far as those streaming options go. So I would say that there's probably five or so guys that you can pop in to take a look at them in the GLSP tool uh, and prioritize as you see fit, given what you think you need in terms of upside and, and floor. I can't hear you, sir. I think you might be muted. Yeah, I'm muted. Uh, it, it was pure gold that I just dropped there. Um, oh, just man. Going, back, <laughs> uh, going back to Lawrence, which is how you started the segment there. It's really exciting to see how, uh, you know, he, he has brought his sophomore season to a close. I mean, every everything you could have hoped for that he would achieve in Doug Peterson's system, um, you know, we're, we're seeing that come to fruition over the back half of the season. And I mean, just looking forward to next year, even he's going to have Calvin Ridley at his disposal. So right, it's, right. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, I, I'm kind of like, I've kind of made this little transition in my head over the last 24 hours into dynasty commander mode. Yep. Um, and so I, I know the focus now is that the game level similarity projections for week 17, but I can't help but get excited about where Lawrence might be finishing week to week in a tool like this uh, in the 2023 season, Dave. So uh, love that. I think Lawrence really has become, uh, for the most part, a, a must-start type player unless he was your QB2 on a team that did roster, you know, a player like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, the, I guess the one, you know, the one slight caution is that, you know, this week's game doesn't really matter for the Jags. Right. And, and you know, would there be a temptation maybe – uh, despite what Peterson's saying about the team putting their best foot forward, all that, wanting to have momentum, you know, if this game gets into the third quarter and then, you know, maybe it's out of hand one way or the other, you know, what, what might that look like? So, you know, just a, a small word of caution, you know, if he's by and far your, your best option, let's roll with them, but let's not get cute and start him over the likes of, you know, maybe somebody like Burrow uh, who does have plenty to play for, uh, for example. Um, and, you know, it's cool to see Brock Purdy and, and Minshew um, showing up as, you know, bona fide QB1s uh, and paying dividends for people who use late, you know, late season fab uh, on them in, in formats where it wasn't just like pure waiver priority. Yeah, for sure. So the final thing I'll say here that's just a, a fun thing to see. So Lawrence, 296 yards and 2.3 passing touchdowns in an average uh, game produced by his comps just to continue down here Brock Purdy 289 uh in 2.1 pretty impressive and then even Minshew um with 257 and 1.9 so you know a lot of good stuff this week I think that takes us through the quarterback so I want to talk about some of these running backs James Connor 
on the heels of another great performance. And we talked about the tool picking up on him last week comes in as the RB3 with an average of 16.8 behind Austin Eckler at 16.9. CMC is expected to go wild with 21.2. He, he did get downgraded to questionable, as has happened every single yes. Wednesday of the entire season. Um, so yep. just, I guess, note on that. But Right. 75th percentile for him of 28.7. So it should be fun to see what he does in this championship week. Uh, looks like a really solid week for Kansas City Chiefs running backs. You have Jarek McKinnon coming in as an RB1, which at this point shouldn't be a surprise. But you also have Pacheco coming in with 13.5 in an average GLSP, 75th percentile, 18.6. This is looking like it's going to be a really solid week for the Chiefs rushing attack. Now, if we look specifically at their projections, and I should probably mention that they're playing Denver, uh, which bodes well here, right, uh, for running backs. Um, seven attempts for McKinnon, 30 yards, but what it's really liking is it's expecting four receptions, 44 yards, 40% of his comp scored a a receiving touchdown, 20% got a rushing touchdown. And in the case of the rookie, we see an average stat line here, 15 attempts, 75 yards, 50% of his matches found the end zone. So if you have either of these options, I think that You know, you'd want to get them into your lineup. They're looking pretty good this week. As far as other... Just a note note on McKinnon. I mean, it's only been a couple weeks since the Chiefs and Broncos last faced off. And he put up 32.4 points against the Broncos a couple weeks ago on the strength of a 7-1-12-2 receiving line. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I'm not sure that... uh, I I don't know what we're going to get out of the Broncos with, you know, post-coaching change and you know, will we'll actually do some different things or, you know, are they just kind of in zombie mode uh, to close out the season? But um, yeah, I guess I get a little bit, a little bit hesitant thinking that, you know, the chiefs would need to um, deploy that type of uh, offense again. I mean, I think that was looking back on it. That was maybe one of the only games where Russell Wilson was useful from a fantasy perspective this season. Will he be able to do that a second time? Uh, in, in a matter of a month, you know, I, I'm not sure. It kind of, like, I kind of feel like Pacheco might be a better bet uh, this time, whereas McKinnon was the guy last time. But that's just me kind of adding, you know, uh, uh, I guess, like, my gut feel on how this game is going to go uh, right. and, and not just going straight by the tools here. Right. Well, I, I think, though, you have to keep McKinnon in the lineup, right? I think the bigger oh, piece, sure. yeah. bigger takeaway uh, yeah. here is you can get Pacheco in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, McKinnon has been, I mean, he's the RB24 on the season now. And I mean, really, all of the the primary production has come since week nine. I mean, he's had four RB2 weeks uh, since week nine and two RB1 weeks where he went over 30 points in each of those weeks. So uh, in, in his last eight games, he's only been under 10 PPR twice. So yep. yeah, yeah, you're definitely starting McKinnon. It's just... You know, I, I guess I'm just saying from an upside perspective, I don't know. I kind of feel like McKinnon had his game and Pacheco is going to get his game now. Perfectly fair. Um, continuing along, David Montgomery, the tool does like to some extent this week. However, we have to make the caveat here that he is playing 
the Lions and with the way that things have been going for backs in recent games nah. against the Lions, you're actually <laughs> going to want to avoid this matchup. Um, Devin I mean, Singleton. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the, the only like, it's just crazy, man, because the Lions have been like the Sahara desert for opposing running backs from a fantasy perspective. And then the Panthers rushed for 293 yards against them last week. Yes. Um, What? what, Like, what? (laughs) I mean, they didn't allow 293 yards in the previous five games before that. Yeah. It's nuts. Right. And so the interesting thing is here, that game is really assisting Montgomery in this matchup. Yeah. But I think that given what we saw from them in the games before that, you had Devin Singletary as the high scorer for the Bills at nine. ETN high scorer (laughs) for the Jaguars at 9.6. Dalvin Cook only put up 10.6. The Jets' leading scorer was Michael Carter with 4.1. So, you know, maybe the Bears will be able to carry forward some of the things the Panthers did. Uh, But I would really only go ahead and put Montgomery in my lineup here if I was absolutely forced to. Beyond, yeah, okay. I think I agree. I think I agree with that. I mean, he he has been on a little bit of a hot streak. I mean, the last five weeks he scored at least twelve PPR, and he has uh, four four of those five games. He's been over fourteen PPR. Part of that production has been on the strength of his receiving work. Uh, he's had at least three receptions in five games, counting, and in four of the five games, eclipsed uh, twenty receiving yards. But I, I should note, even in the Panthers. Um, running back fantasy extravaganza against the Lions last week, they still only managed one completion to a running back. And opposing teams are not uh, able to feature running backs in the the passing game, despite having some backs that are talented in that area, including ETN Cook and Singletary, who you mentioned. So, yeah, I think, you know, like like zooming out a bit, it still doesn't really make sense to, to play Montgomery here uh, unless you right. truly have no other options. So an interesting one uh, is Cam Akers coming in. His average GLSP gets him in at RB17. He's expected to shoulder about 14 rushing attempts, 70 yards. But the crazy thing, Curtis, 80% of his matches found the end zone against defenses like the Chargers. Hmm. As a result of that, you get a pretty solid outlook for Akers with an average projection of around... 13 points might still be a little hard to go ahead and trust him. Uh, but it looks like, you know, you have pretty solid potential for a touchdown there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I, I, it's hard to like put a lot of faith in any Rams, but you know, having the, having the guts to, to go with those types of calls. I mean, that's what fantasy championships can be made of. I mean, I guess I kind of tend to think that, you know, Acres looks a lot more like Zach Moss, who had 65 yards and no touchdown uh, against the the Chargers last week than he does like Derrick Henry, uh, who had 26.3 PPR uh, the prior week, or even Josh Jacobs or Connor, uh, who had some success against this defense in recent weeks. So I don't know, man. Um, you, you know, I, I guess like I would kind of put Acres and Montgomery in the same category. It's like, yep. you know, if you don't have a better option, you can start either one. I probably would be more excited to start Acres than Montgomery if that helps. But, yeah. you know, I'm not like boldly trotting Acres out there, you know, thumping my chest, you know, thinking I've already won the gold. Right. So behind Acres, you have Miles Sanders, 
uh, with an average of 13. Ramondre Stevenson at 12.6. Najee Harris at 12. Travis Etienne at 11.9, as well as A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon is kind of an interesting one to focus on here for a second. I will say that the tool has Aaron Jones firmly inside RB1 territory. You have the Packers facing the Vikings in this game. The average stat line for Dylan would be 13 rushing attempts, 53 yards, 50% of his matches found the end zone. And he could see around two receptions for an extra 18 yards. Um, In terms of his distribution, it's pretty interesting. 10%, just 10% went under five points, but you have 36 between five to 10 and it kind of, progressively trails off from there. But as far as (coughs) what the tool has been outputting for Dylan in the back half of the season, this is a pretty decent projection. Yeah. The, the Packers, both Packers backs are a bit interesting here uh, this week in this spot against the Vikings. The Vikings have just been bleeding receptions to opposing running backs. And, you know, it's a little bit bigger part of Jones's game, but even Dylan has had two or three receptions over the course of uh, all of his games in, in the past month or so. But I think it's, it is it is the type of game where they could both kind of get there. The Vikings uh, are allowing the fourth most expected points to opposing running backs over the past five weeks of all defenses, uh, but just 11th in, in PPR uh, surrendered. So there's probably a little bit of correction coming. There's uh, Opposing teams have actually been slightly negative in terms of points over expectation despite all of the usage. Uh, primarily being driven by all that receiving usage. I mean, just three uh, touchdowns scored against this defense by a running back in the past five games, despite all that opportunity. So, hey, maybe it's a week where both Packers running backs find the end zone. Yeah, it definitely could be. I think that's going to be one of the interesting games to be paying attention to this weekend, Um, you know, especially with the Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson element, some good wide receivers in that game as well. A backfield of interest uh, here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette with an average this week of just 10.3 kind of pushes him into that low-end RB2 territory. You have Rashad White at 7.7. Neither player carrying much upside into this game. In fact, Fournette, just 17% of his match is going between 15 to 20. Only 6% above 20. Not looking like the most favorable week for him. We also see Alvin Kamara scoring much lower than his managers 
would like to see his average stat line calls for 11 attempts, 47 rushing yards, 30% of his matches found the end zone and not a great outlook in terms of receptions might get to around three with 17 yards um, against the Eagles. So I think mm. you're still playing Camaro, but you might not be able to expect that output that you're accustomed to. Man, it's, it's pretty tricky here because I mean, you know, Camaro's actually in his past, uh, in his past six games, he's failed to even be an RB two in four of those six games. Yeah. Um, I mean, it no has really gone, it's really gone South for him. He has RBA 14 on the season. If you're just kind of, you know, looking at the rankings, it's like, yeah, he's kind of underperforming, but you know, that's, that's not like too crazy, but he's been a player that's been hurting your lineup uh, for the majority of the second half of the season. So kind of just keeping that in mind, you know, I think I would have a little bit of a temptation, you know, in a spot like this, you, you talked about, you know, the outlook for, for Cam Akers. You know, this would be a situation where, you know, I might feel comfortable going bold and starting Akers over a player like Camaro, who's running so cold. Um, so I, those, like, those are the types of calls uh, that are going to, to win or lose title games for you. And I mean, Camara just, it just has not been happening for him uh, really, or the saints offense um, of late. And, you know, the Rams are super gross, but I mean, the outburst they had last week is nothing like we've seen from the saints in the better part of a season now. Yeah. So unfortunate situation there. A couple final points before we close off the running backs, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, neither of them finish mm. inside the top 24 running back, you add to the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be playing. Uh, and perhaps this is just not a good week for the Dolphins running backs. You can maybe make the case that they tried to go to the run a little bit more. Uh, but GLSP does not like them. And the player that it absolutely hates this week, Curtis, is Nick Chubb, who gets an average projection of just 8.1 likely the lowest projection that we've seen for Chubb the entire year. He will be facing the commanders. One of the things driving down his outlook is his matches, just 20% found the end zone and he's only expected to put up 45 yards. Any closing wow. thoughts on running backs? No, I mean, we covered a lot of ground there. I think it is a key position uh, to get right, but I think we hired, highlighted a couple of names that could be, maybe more useful than thought and, and gave people permission to sit some of the high profile names uh, that are trending the wrong direction. So yep. uh, I think we covered the basis. All right. So we got to get to wide receivers. We're going to look at our week 17 wide receivers brought to you by WinBet. A reminder here that if you want to get in on some of that action gear up for the playoffs, you're going to want to sign up today to receive a special sports offer where you bet 100 Win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Go ahead and do that today. At wide receiver, we have um, a pretty chalky opening list of players here when you pop into the GLSP this week. I would say the biggest surprise that you're going to get might be well, it's probably Zay Jones. You do have Devonta Smith on the heels of a game where he made a couple of really nice catches. 
Uh, you have Smith at 17.2, but you have Zay Jones actually rounding out the top 12 with an average GLSP here of 16.9. Of course, with that outlook that you have for Trevor Lawrence, it makes sense that some of his wide receivers would be there to capitalize on that good game. Christian Kirk comes in behind Zay Jones with 13.5. So it's a pretty significant spread between the two Jags wide receivers. Other than them, I think the rest of the group here on the first page this week are the guys that you would expect. Some fun names, though. As we work our way onto page two, you have Christian Watson with 15.3 points against that favorable Vikings defense looking like a wide receiver too. Uh, behind him, you have guys like Michael Pittman, Garrett Wilson, DJ Chark cracks his way here again into the good graces of the, G of the GLSP with an average of 13.6 and a 75th percentile Curtis of 21.1. So it could be a good game for Chark, an opportunity to get him into the lineup to help your team out if you're in need. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Um, another name on the second page that I wanted to actually throw a little caution mm -hmm. out about is is Jalen Waddle. So I was looking in the game splits app. I mean, you mentioned in the running back segment that the the Dolphins are going to be, you know, I guess turning the keys over to to Teddy Bridgewater at least for this week again. Um, and and we saw Tyreek Hill essentially unaffected uh, in the games that Teddy Bridgewater either played significantly in or started. Uh, without Tua, yep. um, you know, still averaged over 10 targets a game uh, in those appearances with Teddy this year. And it was pretty much whole from a, a PPR uh, scoring perspective. Waddle, not the case, averaging just 11 PPR in, in Teddy B games uh, this season, a, a far cry from what he's done with Tua, even though he's been subject to kind of some spike weeks here and there anyway. Uh, but, but a target and a half less per game, about 15 fewer receiving yards per game and no touchdowns in those Teddy B games. So uh, maybe a little bit lower ceiling for Waddle if those trends hold true. Might need to find some ceiling elsewhere uh, in your lineup. Um, so some caution there on Waddle. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, a, a good point, and I'm hoping in the interest of my teams that I have personally that yeah. that does not yeah. come to fruition. Another player, too, yeah. that's been very solid but it's not well positioned for this week is DeAndre Hopkins. His average GLSP gets him at just 13 points and Hollywood Brown is actually at 9.7. Now I know the team wants to get Colt McCoy back, but it could be another Trace McSorley game. Given this outlook, you know, guys that you've been relying on, you might not be able to this weekend. I think Colt McCoy was cleared, cleared. Okay. from the protocol earlier today. I'm just double... Yes, uh, just a couple hours before the show here. So, uh, yeah, he, he has cleared the protocol, and he will be starting against Atlanta. Okay, All right. Well, that makes you feel a little bit better. Now, yeah. Gabe Davis uh, gets his way into page two of the GLSP this week. 50% of his matches found the end zone uh, against the Bengals, expected to put up an average stat line of four receptions with 56 yards. Now, interestingly, though, He's the type of player that we've come accustomed to kind of having some of these really big weeks. Does score well this week in the GLSP, but only 13% of his matches going over 20 points. 
and is pretty much evenly distributed between the other buckets. So actually 22% of his matches going for less than five points, but 24 going between 15 to 20. So, you know, it's kind of tricky what you do with Gabe Davis. That's been the kind of player that he has been this year. Uh, but if you've been waiting for a spot to put him in, you have other receivers that it's looking like you might not be able to use this week. Perhaps you go ahead and drop in Davis. I'm just quickly pulling up his page here in the player stat explorer. He's wide receiver 35 in PPR per game this year, Curtis. But the interesting thing is he's gone over 20 points only twice. Of course, had a huge game against Pittsburgh in week five yeah. with 32 points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been closer to what you and I said he would be than what the people taking him in the early fourth, late third said he would be. So, uh, I, you know, I don't mind, you know, of course he's got week to week upside, you know, player, I think I might be a little bit more excited about the floor. Uh, he's about a half page further down the list. You find him at the top of page three, Yep. Uh, but he's, he's been hot in terms of usage. And I, I just don't think you can sit him at this point. Uh, knowing what we know about rookie wide receivers late in the season and how critical uh, they've been to winning fan fantasy championships over really a long period of time now is Drake London. Yep. Um, you know, he's on the opposite side of that Cardinals Falcons game that you were just talking about. Uh, looks like he's coming in at wide receiver 31 um, with an average of 12.6 PPR uh, does have a 17.7 75th percentile. I guess uh, more of a ceiling outcome in the GLSP this week. But, you know, if I'm looking at London over, you know, the past three weeks, he's had at least nine targets, three games running, at least 70 yards uh, and at least six receptions in each of the past three games as well. And, you know, Arizona uh, has been mi very middle of the road against uh, opposing wide receiver groups, 15th in PPR, 15th in expected points um, over their past five games allowing the 10th most receptions you know london kind of is in like that chain moving type of role and we've seen in four of the past five games uh the opposing wide receiver one score at least 14 points with two such instances of 20 or more points against them so london a little bit further down the list but i you know i think he is a player that you know uh, really really until recently people just didn't even think about starting him uh, but if, if you've had his points on your bench, I think title week is a, a week where you've got to get those points in your lineup. Definitely. that that was He was a player I was going to call out. I also want to quickly mention Richie James uh, with an average of 12.5 points. 50% of his matches found the end zone against defenses like Indianapolis's. And I can tell you that we will be talking about Richie James and Darius Slayton in the pod that we will be recording later when we look at these passing game matchups. So beyond them, there aren't any other players that really surprised me in terms of where they were landing from a high scoring perspective. Disappointing GLSP for Juju Smith Schuster this week at 9.3. Um, were Debo Samuel to play would not mm -hmm. draw a very good GLSP. And then Mike Evans coming in at just 8.3 points continuing yeah. that terrible trend that we've had for his standards in 2022. I mean, Evans kind of falls into that Alvin Kamara uh, situation that we were talking about in the running back segment. I just don't know how you can feel good about playing him. He's actually only eclipsed 10 
PPR points in two of the past seven games, Dave. I mean, it's bad. He was kind. He was kind of there over the first half of the year. You know, he had, you know, four games with 18 or better PPR within the first uh, eight weeks, but it's really been that that has carried him. He's still for the year ranks 25th amongst wide receivers in PPR. He's probably going to finish the year above 200 PPR again for the umpteenth consecutive season. But man, he's trending the wrong direction. Like I would start Drake London over Mike Evans. Wow. (laughs) And I think that that is the perfect place to leave it. For this week, I've hit the players that we wanted. I think we'll wait. We'll hold off. There's some tight ends we'll mention when we uh, break down the passing game matchups. Sounds good, man. All right. So make sure to check uh, us out in the episode that will drop Friday where we will break those down for you. And we will see you then. Ah, man. <laughs> uh, let's ah, try man. All right. <laughs> we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>